Welcome to the future of XYZ. I'm your host, Lisa Grelnick, principal and founder of LVG & Co., an independent strategy consultancy based in New York City. Through quick and candid conversations with innovative leaders, we aim to foster new thinking and explore big questions about where we are as a world and where we're going. Hello and welcome to the future of XYZ. This week we are speaking with uh, my my INSEAD classmate Peter Delbar from uh, live from Belgium. Peter, thanks so much for joining us on Future of XYZ. Thank you for having me, Lisa. I've been a, a big fan of the show since the start, so uh, thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for that. And we're going to be talking about a subject you know a lot about as a second generation business leader in your family's crops fruit company, uh, doing almost exclusively frozen fruit, but uh, $50 billion or 50 billion euros, I should say, worth of business, uh, a global supply chain, global distribution. Uh, it's pretty impressive. So speaking about the future of fruit. Thank you. Interesting subject indeed. Um, I think as we were checking things out in the beginning, you were talking about how who would have thought when we were back getting our MBA, you know, a better part of a decade and a half ago, you would be following uh, climate change, for instance, so closely that you've effectively become a fruit farmer uh, and, and spent the better part of the last couple of months uh, bouncing around the world trying to uh, secure supply and assure demand. So I guess yeah. when we're speaking about the future of fruit, there's so many things happening, but let's level set. Like what kind of fruit, What what is your business? What is your implication in the fruit business to start with? Sure. Um, so as, as, as I think an, an interesting subject would be uh, the way fruit has been grown over the years, how that has changed, uh, where you know the new regions are popping up and, and maybe what are the challenges that our industry is faced with. You know, uh, we are today mainly as a, in, in the frozen sector, but obviously our fruits are coming from the same regions and the same areas as most of the fresh fruits. And um, I guess that us as a whole industry, we have, we have quite a bit of challenges ahead of us. Um, not in the least, uh, I would say, magnified by the effects of COVID. Absolutely. And, and, and the effects of COVID, just to put it in context, I would imagine more people are eating prepared foods, more people are also preparing at home, uh, and there's greater tightness on supply, both because of climate change, but more importantly, I guess COVID affects labor would be my guess. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's double. There's a, there's a strong effect on, on, on the demand side. I think uh, one of the real effects that we've seen is people have transitioned again from, from fresh fruits or fresh produce back to, I would say, uh, preserved foods, things like canned foods, things like frozen, not in the least. Um, so we've seen a surge in, in, in demand on the one hand, globally. Um, next to that, indeed, we've had, uh, we've had quite a few challenges on the supply side as well, with, um, with, with not in the least labor uh, force, right? fruits still being fragile, is highly manually picked. Uh, and as such, you know, we've been impacted by people not being able to reach the fields, not able to reach the factories. Um, and that's that's really put a, a, a strain on, on, I think, even global supply chain. Yeah. I mean, your family's been doing this. Your father started the business. You and your sisters currently run it. Um, it's been in business for nearly 40 years now. I mean, yeah. obviously, we're talking immediately into current 
impact, but what have been the changes in the business and the business of fruits, if you will, over the course of these last four decades? Well, um, you know, from, from our side, what we've seen is, is the very real effects of climate change. You take, um, we're, we're in, in places, exotic places like Chile every, every now and then. Um, and if you look at, even for myself, over the last 15 years, I've been traveling to Chile a couple of times a year. You really see that, that certain regions uh, in which they grow the fruits is, is changing because of the climate. Uh, it's, it used to be just an hour south of uh, Santiago de Chile, where, where most of the raspberries were grown. Nowadays, you need to travel four to five hours south. So um, even over the course of, I would say, 10, 10 15 years maximum, I mean, it's been, it's been a real transition. Um, that's one. And I think also what, what's, what's interesting is to see the, um, the, the, the interest that people are taking in new flavors and new kinds of fruits. Um, I mean, not in the least, we've seen a huge surge in, in things like um, an interest for superfruits, things like, you know, acai has been exploding over up in the, in, in the uh, North America, um, growing interest as well in things like, you know, guava and, 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 and dragon fruits and, and all these other tropical things that our parents didn't even know existed. Um, so I think it's, I think it's interesting to see, um, I mean, a global interest in fruits. Um, from a flavor perspective, just as well as, as I think also a scientific interest. I mean, over the course of the last, I think mainly five to 10 years, what we've seen is a huge surge in things like um, using fruits for certain health benefits, right? Um, we've seen a, a big jump in things like nutraceuticals, right? People are, uh, are, are consuming more and more things like pills and, and, and syrups based on I would say close to 100% fruits. Um, I mean, if you go to Asia, uh, like I'm lucky enough to do every now and then, you see huge shops with nothing else than, than, than pills and, and things like that. But in essence, with vitamins and enzymes that are coming from fruits. Um, and that's, that's an interesting, I think, uh, change that we've seen certainly over the last 40 years, but, but uh, I mean, more and more rapidly now uh, these past couple of years. Well, it's interesting because these are different, you're talking about two things. One is like the taste profile and the exotics and tropicals and this kind of, right, super fruits. But the other thing that you're talking about is it's multiple applications, all of which are pulling on the same dem demand side. When you think about places like Chile and raspberries, or you think about places like, you know, we'll talk about more the, the I think it's a, uh, a pineapple plantation, Costa Rica, that's in this beautiful photograph behind you. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that comes to my mind is, are there certain fruits, in fact, that are more, you know, apples, oranges, bananas, are kind of what we grew up with. Like, as we grow, is there actually, you know, are some of these better suited to the changing climate uh, or regions where there's less climate change or less labor, more, you know, automation, et cetera? Like, what does the future of fruit look like in terms of what we're going to be able to truly get? Uh, interesting, interesting topic you raise. Uh, you speak about automation. You know, um, one of the effects, like we said, on, on, on COVID is things like um, we've been lacking labor force to go actually into the fields and pick the pineapples, pick raspberries, pick all these, these beautiful fruits. Um, I, I, I think uh, looking forward, we will need to go to places that have at least the ability of being more and more automated. Uh, that's, that's applies to both uh, uh, a geographical stance. I mean, you don't want to have things too hilly at the same time. 
Uh, you don't want uh, places too distant from any logistical supply chains. Um, but in, in terms of what, what people will continue to consume, I think um, it will simply be, or it will actually be a increase in a trend which we are already seeing now, which is on the one hand, people want to buy locally. Um, and at the same time, people want to experience new flavors and, and things like that. So I think fruits, like many things in life, is, is, a, is, is a topic of contrast, right? I mean, uh, you're drawn with, at the one hand, you know, Things like carbon reduction or carbon emission reduction and therefore eating organic strawberries ideally from the farmer around your corner and at the same time you know you want to you want to taste the, the the guava coming from from thailand and i think that's 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 where where the future will bring us as well is is how do you combine these two how do you make sure that you can actually marry uh, an interest for uh, reduction of ecological footprint and at the same time uh, you know, keep on trying new things. Um, climate change, unfortunately, is is like I said, is very is very big reality, and and um, it, it's one that we are struggling with, not only on on, on the farm level, but also in terms of uh, in terms of demand. You know, people are becoming more aware, people are becoming more critical about what they consume, uh, as 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 shown in some of your, I mean, previous chats. I think it was with Joe Dickens about food labels. Um, people are informed, and, and that's a good thing. Um, and I think that that is, uh, yeah, one of one of the big trends that we are seeing. Right? People want to be informed. They want to know where the fruits come from. They, uh, right? You, you're speaking about sustainability, and I, I know I'm throwing everything at you right now. But um, sustainability is also something which is very closely linked to fruits. I mean, whether it's uh, cocoa, whether it's coffee, whether it's any kind of fruit. Uh, you know, bananas have been have been huge when it comes to negative as well as good publicity when about sustainability. And yeah, I think I think sustainability is going to be a real driver of what gets consumed in in in, in years to come and probably decades to come. Well, and I think it's uh, you know as as we'll go back to our basics of business and the MBA, supply and demand, right? The more supply, the lower you know, and 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 you know. Basically, it's a cost ratio, right? I mean, there are multiple ways you can get this, but if you have a bigger supply and, and lesser demand and you can satisfy it, the price can go down. What you're talking about here is probably a price increase on the things that are more exotic or difficult to come by, the things that we can mass produce. But if I think about what that means, right, in terms of sustainability for the industry at large, We'll get into specifics of the fruits, but what are the kind of the top three things, you know, obviously, I mean, you've mentioned a number of countries where fruit is grown and obviously I grew up in California. There's lots of, you know, production in the Central Valley, et cetera, but a lot of fruit around the world is coming in like less developed countries, right? Where labor is cheap and land is abundant and, you know, sustainability is really important there but maybe their infrastructure isn't there. What are the top three things, if you were to just say, for fruit specifically, that you think are really important for the industry at large to implement over the course of the next few years to be able to make sure that we can secure this demand? Yeah, I, 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 you're absolutely right. And, and like I said earlier, I think it's, it's, it's a matter of contrast, right? I mean, fruits is considered a, a, a possible way to increase the standard of living for, for some people. I mean, you go to Serbia, there's literally hundreds and thousands of, of, of farmers that basically have to live of whatever they can 
you know, harvest over this course of these six weeks. And at the same time, that's the beauty of the model because you sustain the whole the whole population at the same or part of the population. At the same time, it's also the the, the fidelity of the of the, the system. I mean, once these people become older, once their children refuse to come to the farms to pick the raspberries together with their parents and grandparents, I mean, that's a potential business model that completely dies out. So, I, I, and and I talk about this with with lots of big multinational customers. Basically, the difficulty and, and the one thing to solve is how do you not forego on, on, on the sustainable development part of it while at the same time pushing automation? Automation, not just on the factory level, but also in the fields, right? I mean, um, like we said in the beginning, I, I, I do believe our biggest challenge in this industry is will be finding sufficient labor, sufficient people to actually go into the fields and, and pick the fields. Um, and and yeah, therein therein I think really lies our um, lies our, uh, our 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 biggest challenge. Um, it's one where a lot of big players are looking into, uh, without naming them, but some of the biggest FMCG players in the world are are, are struggling with this topic, yeah. and 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 so are we. Um, so I think that is that is one of the big the big challenges ahead for us. Uh, two is definitely going to be climate change, definitely. Um, I mean, you see, you, you have a very stable area around the equator, right? places with that, like Costa Rica and Colombia and places like that, that, that are growing usually tropical fruits, like bananas and pineapples and this and that. Uh, but all the red fruits, all the, the more fragile fruits are, are, are severely suffering. I mean, you take, you take California, California has been suffering for the last five years They've been severe drought for for four of them. So, um, you know that that puts stress on an entire business, on an entire industry. Um, and yes, for sure, um, supply and demand will have an, an impact, a corrective impact through through pricing, uh, as as we've both learned in uh, lesson number one in microeconomics. Um, <laughs> but but the, the the thing is that you know once there is no supply. Um, that's when it becomes very difficult. Um, and, and we're seeing that this season, this season in particular, is sort of like the, the perfect storm. I mean, it's one climate disaster after the other, and, and perfect storm sounds too romantic about this, but it's it's really a disaster. There's, there's people suffering around the world. And um, and yeah, I think that, that these two, right? I mean, one is labor, the second one is climate, are, are going to be the main drivers of, of our industry. Um, I mean, I, I, I want to... And I, you know, I, I, I'm going to come back to some of the sustainability topics and, you know, because there, there's actually a lot of innovation that's happening around um, beyond the fruit, but also the, the, the fruit waste or the plant waste that comes out of it. And I, I'm really excited about that. But for a moment, just to have some fun. Um, I mean, if I think about, you know, fruits and I'm, you know, again, I grew up in California and I spent a lot of time in Europe, like fresh produce is, is a luxury and a gift and the most wonderful thing. If you were to, you guys are pushing and selling, you know, frozen fruits largely, you're a wholesale business, you sell, you know, you don't sell direct to consumer. Um, what, what are your favorite fruits and what do you see besides the exotics? Like what are use cases that you're like really inspired by right now and think have longevity? Yeah. Uh, so to, to what is my favorite fruit? Uh, I have to go with pineapple. It's considered the, uh, the king of the, of the fruits, hence the crown and everything. 
it's why it's why I have the background. Um, not traditionally or, or fun, fun, maybe fun, fun piece of knowledge. Um, pineapple is, is usually considered in many cultures as being a, a symbol of hospitality. So, um, so you know, we, we try to be hospitable. Uh, and, and for me, it's, yeah, it's an amazing fruit. It's, it's one which unfortunately uh, has, its, has its, its challenges when it comes to uh, ecological footprints and things like that. But I think it's, it's, a, it's, it's a magnificent fruit. To your, to your other point on, on, on you know, waste streams and others, this is exactly what, what you, know, you and I have been talking to about even in the past. Um, there's not a, a single part of the pineapple plant in itself that you can't use for other things. So, uh, so what's not to love? Uh, that's, that's absolutely my, 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 favorite, my favorite piece. But yeah, at the same time, you, know, you, you get surprised by, by new fruits, uh, sometimes like, like acai and other things, right? I mean, things you never experienced that bring a completely new flavor palette. So it's, um, yeah, it's, a, it's a fun industry and it's one that's definitely uh, hasn't stopped surprising me. I mean, I, I even see YouTube videos or TikTok videos passing by every day on, on fruits that I've never seen in my life. Um, and then of course the first step is how do I get my hands on one of them? <laughs> I, re I remember in Singapore, the durian fruit, of course, being, you know, like never heard of it in my life and have never seen it again, except in Chinatown. So there are yeah. still things to learn. Yeah, definitely, definitely. No, no and, and, and I think that's, that's the beauty of this. And, and, and at the same time, you know, curiosity of, of your average consumer uh, about, you know, trying new flavor profiles, whether it's helped by, by the you know, uh, numerous cooking shows that you have passing by now on, 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 on TV, you know, baking, uh, home baking is, is a real huge trend. And, and one of the main ingredients there is fruit. So people are, are experimenting. And, and I think that's a good thing. It's interesting. I, so, so just some stats, like I'm curious, you know, what fruits are easiest to produce and what's the most highly high volume fruit sold in the world right now? So um, the, there as well, there's two parts. One, one is obviously um, how quickly something can grow in the field, right? I mean, obviously, if you're planting a cherry tree, you know, you know, you'll need to wait seven to 13 years before that actually is in full bloom. If you're planting strawberries, six months later, you have your fruit. Um, uh, there's, uh, and that's the beauty about the produce as well, is that there's, there's an intricate a uh, combination between soil, climate, oxygen, sunlight, and everything. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very passionate about this, but um, that, that is prone to growing one or the other variety. And that's, that's, that's the beauty of it. If you're asking, if you're talking about stats, I think one of the, well, I know one of the main fruits that is grown, obviously, is on the one hand, banana. Banana is huge, um, but it's very focused on certain areas of the world, uh, predominantly places like Know, Central Central America, um, some pieces of Africa, but the number one consumption is still by far and away strawberry. I mean, uh, the thing wow. is, everybody everybody gets emotional about their strawberries. Uh, you know, the, the the Belgians feel bad about eating Dutch strawberries or French strawberries, and vice versa. Um, and yeah, and in a way that's that holds something romantic. Uh, you know, it's an easy plant. Well, it's an easy. It has its challenges, but it's an easier plant to to. To grow and to, to to care for. I mean, uh, my kids have their strawberry plants and, and you know get them while they're young. Um, 
and and uh, and and that's probably by far and away why strawberry is, is is the most consumed. I mean, even in the industry, you look around, strawberry jam, strawberry cake, strawberry smoothies, whatever you want today, there's something with strawberry. I never would have guessed that. I really wouldn't have. And and yet now that you say it, I'm like. Of course, but uh, I never really would have thought about it. And as a flavoring or as an ingredient, of course, yeah. it is ubiquitous. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, it's it's a fruit, which is, you know, you spoke about durian. Uh, putting it this way, strawberry is slightly more accessible as a flavor profile than the durian would be. <laughs> um, so, so I think, I think it's, it's, it's the combination of the fact that it grows virtually everywhere uh, together with the fact that, you know, we all cherish memories about about strawberries as a kid whether it's with cream at wimbledon or whatever uh but, but they're everywhere and um, chocolate dipped yeah. ones in america of course yeah and, and the thing is you know it's it's more and more you see that fruits all foods in general are, are linked to memories and, and and they tend to have an emotional side to it and it brings back well, uh, memories. They bring back, I mean, food in general has that ability to immediately connotate, but fresh produce, I think, can take you to a place, a season, a memory and access that. I want to, as we're starting to, to wrap up, Peter, you know, you talked about pineapple being your favorite and the king of fruits and how it's a symbol of hospitality. When we think about something like the durian or we think about anything, you know, you guys are operating in frozen fruit, but one of the things you think about in the Asian cultures, for instance, especially Japan, is this gifting. You know, fruit is such a it, it's such a symbol of of generosity, of of prestige, etc. You know, as we think forward, you know, to the countries in the world who produce versus the countries in the world who consume, you know, and those countries where you elevate fruit, is the future of fruit universal? Is it global, or is the future of fruit going to be more localized and and specific what do you what do you what do you what's your what's your high low on the future of fruit huh. uh, if I had a crystal ball no no um, I, I look I think I think um, as people globally become more informed about you know through the internet through 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 QRs and what have you about the ways that fruits are, are grown it's a very labor labor intense process so in itself, the fruit is, I would say, a, a premium produce, which is not necessarily today considered as being one. Um, and I do think that you know, moving forward, you're right. Uh, you go to China; they, they they have the red cherry as 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 a, a symbol of luxury. Um, I, I think it will remain a combination with that, with a more mainstream usage. Um, you spoke about import and export. Uh, I, I think more and more people will be aware of what is grown locally, uh, consume more local fruits, while at the same time trying to get their hands on, on exotic profiles. And, and, and I think that it, it's going to continue being consumed everywhere. I mean, um, you look at you know, a mass population like China suddenly discovers things like pineapple, and, and suddenly you see a huge shift in, 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 in supply chain and other things. And, Again, that's that's a positive thing because in the end, the more fruits is demanded, the more there is an interest to to develop this industry, to to develop the farms, to develop the farmers, and 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 hopefully to continue, you know, increasing wealth, quote unquote, for for many people around the globe. Right. It's it's a very it's a very hopeful future, and 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 each of us as consumers seems to have a role to play 
in consuming responsibly and asking questions um, both locally Absolutely. and and our global supply chain side. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Well, Peter, I, I, I we had so many more things that we could have talked about, I know, um, and these 20 minutes go way too fast, but thank you for joining us this week on Future of XYZ. Thank you for having me, Lisa. It's been a pleasure. So always a pleasure to talk about the future of fruits. I think everyone should go out and make themselves a smoothie or a piece of banana bread or have a slice up an apple or whatever you're gonna have. Um, and, exactly. And um, if you're in Europe, you can find crops uh, online. And thank you everyone for listening this week to Future of XYZ. Uh, you know where to find us on YouTube, you can find us on podcast streaming platforms from Apple to Amazon. And of course, follow Future of XYZ on Instagram. We will see you next week. And uh, thank you again, Peter. Thank you, Lisa. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Future of XYZ. If you like what you've been hearing, please follow Lisa Grelnick on LinkedIn. Visit future-of.xyz or subscribe to the Future of XYZ podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.